keep it simple and make sure that uh, couples stay happy and unstressed because I think the worst thing ever is when they get stressed about their own wedding, which is meant to be the most fun day of their lives and the most enjoyable day of their lives. Welcome to the Yes To I Do podcast, your weekly wedding planning show hosted by Jack Brister and Chris Piercy. So we've got Ben Radley of Ben Radley Wedding Films. It's not very difficult to say, fine Jack. Um, what I thought was really interesting um, about uh, chatting to him today was how the misconception of what a wedding film actually is is um, is quite pertinent for him because what people think a wedding film is and what it actually is is something entirely different, it seems. Yeah, for, uh, for sure. And I think that he really does a good job of trying to get rid of that misconception because most people seem to think that there is that, that a wedding film is just a static camera uh, pointed at some things for 12 hours and then just shoved on a DVD and given to you when there's so much more that goes into a wedding film these days I mean back way back when I mean my my mum and dad had their wedding video and it is a little bit like that so it's nice to see that things have moved on and progressed with time and uh, yeah Ben's a really big advocate of trying to be a bit different and, and creating something very special. Yeah, it's uh, really interesting to see the talking about the uh, evolution of social media and how that's affecting video and kind of predictions we were talking about for the the future potentially as well. Um, but yeah, it was a r- really interesting chat, and this is how we got on. So Ben, thanks for joining us today. Uh, just quickly, what's uh, what is your business all about? Um, wedding films, basically. Um, I have been filming weddings for four years now Um, and yeah basically just creative unique uh, wedding films so it's been going for about four years what would you say has been the 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 change in things and how much have you learned from kind of starting off with your first one four years ago to um, the kind of the quality product that you produce now Um, I think I put prior to starting I put in a ridiculous amount of hours first into learning video because I didn't actually study video when I started um, and then secondly into just watching the sort of films I wanted to be making um, and a large part of that got me into doing it was watching a lot of wedding films in America that I just watched and thought oh my god I didn't even know people made stuff like this um, To so I had quite a good idea of what I wanted to make going into it um, and then it was just a lot about learning and adapting as I went I mean my first proper wedding that I ever did I actually remember leaving it thinking that went a hell of a lot better than I ever thought it would Um, (laughs) and looked not not like I really wanted the stuff that I was making to look based on what I'd been watching and things but not actually as far off as I thought it would be Um, and then it's just been changing and adapting that and finding my own style and that ends up kind of gearing towards the sort of couples that want to book you and then you just find easier not easier but more streamlined ways to do things as you go along I guess yeah I think it's uh, it's interesting that um, you said about style I think that it's um, often kind of photographers and videographers fall into kind of they get categorized into oh you're style or you're this style or that style whatever but I think that this, mm. the style means so much more than that nowadays because with the 
the technology that's available and the um, I don't know what the right terms, but kind of the the stuff that you do in post to make it kind of the filters you put on and the colors that you kind of amplify and mm. um, really do change the look and uh, and then yeah. by proxy the feel of what a, a wedding or the, or the photos or whatever they might be uh, actually end up kind of um, conveying to the people watching them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I I find it hard to. I don't find it hard because I, I say that my stuff are unique cinematic films, but those that uniqueness changes very heavily based on each couple. So one film might be really, really bouncy and um, edited in quite a quirky way, whereas another one might be really emotional and cinematic and a bit more um, a bit more like a film type feel to it. Um, so I guess that yeah, so with the technology that's available now and and also what you can do with um such minimal amount of equipment you can you can do um you can change things up and do some really creative things now so when you're uh when you're doing that process of creating something for a couple what is that process like is it a case of you have come to a mutual decision with the the bride and groom as to what style you want it shot in or is it something you come up with yourself um Fortunately, I think my couples, um, tr- when they book me, kind of trust me now to just come up. Not, I, I, I obviously chat with them about it. So I have a meeting with them before the wedding. Um, and that is a thing to be able to gauge the sort of people they are, the style of their wedding, um, and just how I start. I kind of then start picturing in my head how I think that wedding is going to be. Um, and then I have about five or six probably more than that now different websites that i license music from and all this music is really unique and stuff that people wouldn't have heard before and then i kind of tailor what i pick to that couple and then if they've watched some of my trailers and my films and they gear towards a certain type or they book me based on a certain film that they've watched i already start knowing which style it is that they like um and then yeah, the details of their wedding and just the type of people that they are start changing that anyway. So yeah, that makes sense, I think. But so when you is your first creative part of the creative process finding the music then for you? Um, is it the first? Uh, I guess it is the first actually. Uh, I I think well, no, the first is filming it. Um, of course, yeah, yeah. And then in my head, then I start putting together in my head how it's going to be and going into searching for the music I already know the sort of music that I'm searching for so I guess I've already done a big part of it before that because I go in knowing what I'm looking for rather than sitting down and trying to find music already to suit it I kind of already know what music it is I'm looking for and I've and the websites I use I've used for so long that I know where to go to find it I mean sometimes it can take me hours just to find a track and and it's the track, the way that I do it, it might be different to the way that other videographers do it, but I, I produce a trailer for every couple and that's the first thing that I do. And that trailer, the style of that trailer and everything leads me then on to the style that the film's going to be. And then I select the more music for the film to make the actual film. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. So do you do, do you have that kind of discussion prior about what the the music might look so that obviously if they've come to you because they've seen a video that they like 
then they they know that so you then go into the wedding having a sort of preconception as to what it might end up looking like or are you going in there with a completely open mind and going whatever comes out of this is what comes out of this i think we have a we have a brief discussion about it and then we have we have a we have an idea um so the discussion i have with the couple that idea kind of comes about in the meeting and based on the things that they like and the things they've watched but then if i go into the day and part of that changes because i don't i don't like telling a couple that this is the way that it's going to be obviously with the way that your day goes and i don't try and push into couples heads too much because i'm big on putting audio of speeches and things into my films i put a lot of time into audio and getting nice audio from speeches in the ceremony um and if if i if on a day it changes and someone's a lot more emotional than i expected them to be and the speech is really amazing and brilliant then that might adapt the way that the film's going to end up being but i don't i don't like putting that into people's heads prior to the day i just want them to kind of enjoy their day without worrying about adapting what they're doing to fit a film that makes sense i think because there's that thing that people will will forgive dodgy camera work but they won't forgive dodgy audio like there's a like people will sit sit through slightly dodgy video if the audio is okay but they won't sit through a good video if the audio's out of sync or yeah. slightly dodgy or something like that so yeah. i can see why that's so important to you yeah that was one of the big things i watched when i first started doing it and watched those films in america i watched them and i thought the way that the audio came in and the way that their speeches were just that was the thing that captivated me and i don't think enough people sometimes put that importance on the audio and and that was a big thing that i wanted to put into it was that those speeches and things would be big although sometimes people aren't as emotional as you would want them to be which is fair enough if if people aren't that way inclined then that's totally their way and that that then adapts the way that my film is going to be but then sometimes people surprise you and they suddenly come out with the most emotional amazing thing that they say during their speech and you think that just completely changes the way that the film's going to be the music conveys so much because you could have the same film edited exactly the same way with different music over it and then the, the message or the feeling behind it would then be completely changed right yeah absolutely yeah so i yeah so i guess that's got to be um do you, do you ever have couples coming back and saying that they that the, the music or the feel isn't right i firstly i have never asked someone else to choose the music um mm. i pick this is why i i try and get whether it's a commercial job or whether it's weddings or whatever i this is why i have meetings and that stuff is to get to know that person or that company or that's and fit that style to that and then i go off and pick the music because i i, I know myself when i'm the one putting the edit together that it's a hard thing to pick the music anyway. So asking someone else to pick it who's not doing the editing is probably even harder. So yeah, I imagine why you might have a tough job with that. Um, so I'm not, I'm not just rubbish then. No, no. It's, it's I mean, <laughs> I can spend hours picking music myself. Um, but then in terms of ever having music change, I can only ever remember once actually where I've actually had a song changed. Mm. And so I guess that a lot of the the editing is. Um, influenced by the changes of 
rhythm of the song or yeah. on the certain beats and stuff like that. So that must be a bit of a, a, bit of a nightmare job. Yeah, so I, I think particularly with a wedding film where there's probably usually about three songs in it maybe. There's a flow of the way that it starts off and then it builds into something and then that build comes back down and then it builds back into something towards the end. Um, and there's kind of a flow of the story. And then that's how I... That's what I also use to weave in the speeches and things like that. So it kind of creates uh, different emotions throughout the film at different times. And yeah, so so I think fortunately I've only ever had that I can remember had one major song choice change. Um, so I'm usually quite good at tailoring the films that I am making to each couple or each person that I'm making it for. So you said that each one's got maybe three songs in it. So how how long does your your wedding films end up being on average? I do a just after the wedding. I do a one to two minute trailer, which mm-hmm. are my favourite bits, and they're nice short things that people get to share around and send to family and friends and things like that. And then separately, they also get either a five to seven minute highlight film or a ten to twelve minute short film. And then I also give them. And the final thing that I give them, I also give them their speeches and ceremony as well, just because it's nice to have those full-length bits if people want to watch back the bits in full. Um, and so it's broken up with the nicely edited bits and then also a couple of unedited bits of the main parts of the day. So yeah, two, two film options. It's nice to have that variety because I think that you know people's attention spans are pretty short nowadays. Yeah. So and I, um, I actually once, I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I actually once got sent um, a, a wedding film by a videographer who'd been at the wedding that I was performing at. And it was two hours and 20 minutes long. Wow. Yeah. Um, it started with three minutes of kind of slow, um, it's not sl- slow tracking shots. Um where the guests, all of the guests' names appeared one by one. <laughs> it was, it was, it was like a the intro to like a Hollywood block blockbuster on budget. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, I I can't imagine many people wanting to watch all of that. Maybe the couple once a year or something like that. But uh, yeah, that I, that kind of. I think um, I think that's where people's perceptions of a wedding film hasn't quite changed enough yet i think a lot of people don't book a wedding videographer because that's their perception of what a wedding video is whereas the whole reason i got into it was because i was watching these 10 minute films that were like a hollywood movie from america thinking i really really want to make something like this and that was what led me to do it all and then that was the format that i wanted to incorporate myself and then yeah, if people do want to watch their speeches back in full, I don't throw throw that whole thing into the film. I just put, pick out the best bits and then give them that bit separately just in case they do want to watch it. So it, I think it's nice to break it up. And yeah, I think people's attention spans are short and people want to be able to post these things on social media and people want to be able to watch them and enjoy them. And the, the nice thing that I've always got from my work is that couples that book me book me because they've cried watching other people's wedding films and they don't have a clue who those people are and that's that then kind of tells me that I've done my job in a good way hopefully yeah I guess if they come to you with that as their opener then essentially the booking's essentially already made right because <laughs> yeah. it's you, you've, you've done all the convincing that you need to do yeah and I, and I think that was a big part of 
what I knew I needed to do when I started was just get my work in front of people so people can actually see what they can have rather than the image in their head of what a wedding video is that they think they're going to have so they just don't book a wedding videographer. So when you finished a, a wedding, have you got already got a fairly good idea in your head of what all of that footage looks like or do you sometimes come back and find that you're surprised by it's like some of the shots that you got that you hadn't realised or stuff going on in the background or maybe even the foreground that's kind of like taking you by surprise somewhat? I think most of the time I've got a good idea of what's there and what I'm going to use and how it's going to... I mean, I, I film for... The, apart from speeches and ceremony which I film in full I'm pretty much filming for the edit the whole time so I know generally throughout the day the bits that I need to film or where I need to be at that time I think there are times particularly when I'm filming guests just hanging around and having fun and stuff there's always little bits that I forget that I filmed and there's a shot in one of my showreels actually that I was just filming I was filming out a window at a wedding last year uh, it's at a venue called Wedding in the Woods in the New Forest and um I was just filming a shot out of the window just to get some shots of the trees and this nice blurred shot through a window and this guy was hopping his way on one of those bunny hoppers to the <laughs> to the venue to get to his seat and he had a glass in his hand and it's just one of my favourite shots and he's just bouncing all the way through this field by himself <laughs> and just looks like a maniac and I totally forgot that I'd had that so yeah there's, there's small things like that when you're filming guests and stuff that you forget that you've had but stuff like the couple shots and most of the things and if there's bits in speeches that I hear on the day I always remember that and go back to it so I don't necessarily have to go back through the whole speech to find it I already know that it's there yeah so, so presumably the the guy pouncing on a space up with a glass made, made the final edit of that film yes right? absolutely it was, a, <laughs> yeah. it was one of one of my one of my favorite edits from last year actually which which kind of shows the variety that my films can sometimes have because it was a, a very vintage edit with quite an upbeat uh almost i want to say 50s sounding track and and it was just really quite quickly cut together and then there's just a shot of this guy just hopping through on a bunny hop and it's just brilliant <laughs> incredible so when someone books you and you you've done the wedding what kind of turnaround time do they look at when they're they're looking at having a videographer when do they get the because obviously the short film i imagine is relatively soon after and then the rest of it what kind of uh, turnaround times does it take for me the trailer i say that i try to get back within two or three weeks after the wedding because i like them to have that one to two minute trailer just to show people quite soon after the wedding whilst it's still fresh in everybody's mind and everybody's still thinking about the day um and i really like sitting down editing it quite soon after whilst everything is still fresh in my mind and i know the style of everything that that's going to be and then that then leads on to the film which I tried to get the full film back within two months sometimes there was a point two years ago where I was saying three months but then I think just the process has just got a bit more streamlined and a bit quicker since and I tried to say two months for the film and then once they're happy with the links I send them to the trailer and the film I package everything up and send them the trailer the film the speeches and the ceremony all in a nice usb box yeah i don't think um 
people quite understand how much work goes in for both you and for uh, photographers like once I mean the, the wedding finishing is essentially basically the start of your process yeah. really because uh, I mean you must compile hours and hours of footage <laughs> from just a single wedding um, and then and if you've got a couple of cameras that doubles it right uh, yeah. and then and then editing it all together I mean I, I've done not a huge amount but quite a lot of video editing in my time and it it takes up an inordinate amount of time even yeah and even for even for professional people so when yeah. people are being asked to pay a good amount of money for a uh, a wedding film it's not just the kind of eight hours you're there on the day right it's so 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 much more oh than no that. yeah the the hours that you spend editing goes probably way beyond what you actually spend on the day even though the days are long anyway um yeah i put a huge amount of time into my editing and I, I think I've got quite a quick turnaround as well, considering that. But I think that's the constraints that I put on myself to make sure that I am getting my stuff done and I don't have a huge backlog. So I think although I spend a humongous amount of time editing, I, I put constraints on myself to make sure that by a certain point I've got it done so that I'm not spending too long on it yeah. and just making sure it's as good as it can be. So I, I think the more constraints I put on myself, the better my work actually is. So if I, if I was, if I was sat back and thought, oh, I don't have to give this to them for six months, then I would just take, <laughs> take too long over it. And, and it, I actually don't think it would be as good if I didn't put the constraints on myself anyway. But yeah, the editing time is, especially when I have to in, interlink the music and the audio and the speeches and obviously craft together a story into this film and then and then yeah put it all together it's 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 a lot of work and color grade it and and all of that stuff so <coughs> sorry excuse me um we hit last week we had claire lithgow on who's florist and we were talking we talked about pinterest and the advantages of using pinterest when you're planning something visual or a creative part of the day is there something mm. that is relevant or equivalent to when someone is starting to think about booking a videographer so if someone came to you with a, I don't know, is the best thing they could do is come to you with one of your videos and say, I like this video, I want something a bit like this at my wedding, or is there a something that, that you can do that with that's equivalent like Pinterest? Um, YouTube links or stuff yeah. like that, maybe. Um, I think Instagram's good. Okay. But I think, yeah, the best way, the, or the way that I've always had it is that because I... The thing that I do with my I, my background before I actually went into making videos and how I got into making videos was marketing. I studied business at university and then I went into doing social media work and social media so heavy links in my video nowadays that I ended up making videos whilst doing social media and realized I loved it and that's how I kind of went into doing it. And so I had a marketing social media background before I did the video, which I think helped me in terms of being able to put my stuff out there and knowing how to get it in front of people. And the trailers that I make are basically my marketing material. And I don't, I don't put out the full films because I like keeping that to the couples. And, but unless people want to see an example of it and I put out my trailers short trailers for people to watch as an example so there's loads of them on my stuff on my website on instagram on facebook and i think people generally sit and 
binge through my trailers before they email me and they have a good idea of the sort of stuff that they like and the sort of stuff they want and and i think to be able to watch different people's weddings as well actually helps them with an idea of how they want their wedding to be so yeah i think it's generally mine have generally come from people sitting and watching through my trailers so which is um always been quite nice fair enough so when someone and i don't want to encringe on the quickfire questions which we'll come to shortly but when someone is looking at multiple different videographers as you say your style can vary massively from each um each individual video or film that you shoot so is there is there still some sort of theme running through it that's fairly consistent or can they be completely different that means that uh, when it comes to booking a videographer, looking at individual style isn't necessarily always the best way to choose. I I think there is a consistent theme. I think they're all, no matter whether they're bouncy or more cinematic and emotional. I think they are always they always have a similar look and they always have a, a fairly similar editing style and. And they're, and they're all just very creative looking and I, I, it's, it's quite hard to explain that but I think there always is a there always is a theme that's relatively similar but the style within that theme changes if that makes any sense whatsoever I, I think it does yeah. uh, just I'm just wondering you said about the the rise of social media and how video is such a, a big and important uh, part of this I'm just wondering with um, Instagram TV now becoming bigger and bigger, uh, that is a vertical video only um, um, platform. You have to have mm. vertical video. Do you think that in not too many years, with it being about a 10 minute limit on the video at the moment, do you think it's not too long until people are going to be asking for vertically, vertical video wedding films? Yeah. That's um, making me make a future prediction on social media. Um, I I did do one wedding last year where I edited 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 it into a vertical video style and posted it on Instagram TV, and then just felt a lot of not from my video, but from generally from the experience that people had with Instagram TV, felt a lot of negativity towards it, and that people just didn't like the idea of vertical video i think that's starting to seems like that's starting to change this year and i think more people are trying it and testing it out i'd be very surprised if it ever went to a point where people would prefer to have that over having a standard video but Mm. i think there probably is going to be more of a room for it because they've seemed to have integrated it better into Mm. instagram now you don't have to go to almost a completely separate section to find it yeah um I think so yeah I think and a lot of companies now social media companies particularly are doing vertical video for marketing purposes and things like that so I I think there will be a room for it at some point and I think perhaps there might be a time where couples who are really big into Instagram might want specific video to post as a vertical video Um, kind of sad in almost but yeah I can see it I can see it coming there are um, there are I, some videographers, um, particularly YouTube people, that do some very amazing things with vertical video, and yeah. and it does make you realise that there is a place for it. But I think that place might be different to creating a standard film. I just don't, I don't quite know what that is yet. Yeah, uh, it's been interesting to see what, how that develops. Uh, yeah. Now I'm going to ask you my controversial question, which I ask 
um, every single videographer we've had on so far. So, and I think Jack, you probably know what this question is already, don't you? <laughs> yep. Um, yep. So, uh, imagine a hypothetical scenario where a couple comes to you and they say, we've got X amount of money and we are down to the situation where either we're going to be spending this money on uh, a videographer or a photographer. Um, what would be your argument for photo over video? I'm not suggesting, for video over photo. Um, remembering it's entirely hypothetical, you're not going to offend anyone by saying anything you say, but I'm just wondering what your, your, your take on that is. What I actually do when people have ever suggested that is to say, when people ever say, do you do both? Or is there one that you think we should go with? They always say, I think you should go for both. But if there was going to be a reason for it, and most photographers would ever hate me if I say this, then I think the only thing that video has over photography is that you will have that video there and the video helps. My big thing about video, my big thing about what I do in my videos is bring back the atmosphere of the day, which is the only thing that I don't think photos can do. Whereas if you want to actually feel like you were there and feel the atmosphere of the day, then yeah, that's what I hope that my videos bring. I put in a lot mm. of sounds from the day and things like that. And if you actually want to feel that uh, feeling of being there, then have a video. And if you really, really, really want to at a push, I wouldn't suggest this and I don't do this, that you could take, <laughs> you could take some screenshots from a, from videos to use as pictures but they wouldn't be anywhere near as good quality as a photographer's yeah i, I think that's a, that's definitely the best answer we've had so far i think because i think that it's I, I don't know if it's videographers just being too kind and not wanting to offend photographers or something but it's always been a bit people have been a bit coy but yeah i, I think that for photos obviously you see a photo and you can kind of have the emotion you can understand what's going on mm. and you know, but with what you do because you've got the moving pictures and you've got audio um you've can tell us the story a lot better mm. today whereas i think the photos capture a moment within that story i think is what i yeah absolutely i i, yeah. I think my and and it's the same answer that i would use as my justification for having both is that the photos are um the thing that everybody will go for and they're the things you can put on your wall and they're the things that will look amazing everywhere and the video is the thing that takes you back to the day and brings back the atmosphere. But if you if this was my whole thing with incorporating sounds and speeches and everything from the day, is that if it didn't have any of that and it was just some moving images with some music, then book a photographer. Because they're basically just still images that might be moving over the top of some music, which photographers often put together things themselves where they put music with still images so I would say if it was going to be like that then just book a photographer but if you want something that actually brings back the feeling of the day the atmosphere the speeches and everything like that then book both solid yes <laughs> yeah. I think as Chris has already said you you kind of have given us I think possibly the best answer to that question that any videographer has and cool. I think it's true, you know, the advantages of a photographer is, or photography is that you're always going to be able to, it's easy access, really. Yeah. Like you can see the pictures without really trying very hard, whereas sometimes it, there can be that idea of a stumbling block with video because you've got to put the DVD in or you've got to put the USB in or you've got to do whatever you've, mm. you know, download it yeah. or open it up, whatever it might be. 
pros yeah. you know, photo you don't have to do that but you get to capture the atmosphere and the feeling of the day uh, with videography yeah. that perhaps you don't always get with photography so I yeah. think that moves us on quite nicely to our quick fire questions so question number question number one what is your number one tip for booking a videographer um, book me alongside a photographer <laughs> <laughs> but no but for, um, for, <laughs> uh, I actually shameless but, plug yeah <laughs> but I would always say there's people always book a photographer and that's great I would always suggest doing that but people book a photographer straight away it's one of the first things that they go for and then quite often because of the perception of what a wedding videographer is they leave a videographer to the last minute and then they start talking to people and everybody goes uh have you booked a videographer and they go no and they're like you really need to have a videographer because it's one of the biggest things that we regret not having and that's the thing I always hear is people go, I really regret not having a videographer or it was the best thing that I decided to do. And so I would say at the same time as you're booking your photographer is look at booking a videographer because I either get booked very early when people go, we know that that's what we want or I get booked late because people get to the end and start panicking that they've paid all of this money for a wedding but they're not going to have it in a video, which I think is crazy. Makes sense. What is your best wedding story? Um, I had a few for this, but uh, I couldn't really. All my weddings are amazing, but no, the, no, the thing that I will one. go with. No, my favourite wedding story is last year, last September. I went. I did a wedding in Dorchester, and the next day I had my girlfriend's friend's wedding who lives in Manchester I had booked in in a place called Clitheroe which was four and a half hours away so I on the 8th of September I filmed a wedding in Dorchester which was an amazing wedding it was like a festival vibe wedding finished at 8.30 after getting loads of nice dancing footage hopped in a car drove four and a half hours up north after picking up my girlfriend filmed a wedding all day the next day and felt like I was actually just going to fall asleep for most of it and because I was just so exhausted but then just as the speeches were happening I tapped on the photographer's shoulder and told him to look outside because there was this stream of light coming across the hill that was over the other side of the venue and I ended up we ended up the best man speech just wrapped up and we took the couple outside and I got the best sunset footage that I've ever got and I think I probably will ever get at any wedding ever and so it kind of made that whole four and a half hour drive up north worth it though I did at 11 o'clock slump into the corner and just just kind of fall asleep (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was it was one of the most manic weekends I've ever had that a few months before whenever I booked those sorts of things in I think that sounds like a really fun adventure and then the closer it gets you realize it was a bit crazy but then yeah. the whole sunset that I got, which I've used a lot of that in my showreel, is yeah. um, was absolutely worth it. It was incredible. I didn't realise the sun shone in Manchester. I know, neither <laughs> did I. And it was better than it could have been anywhere else, which was amazing. Beautiful. So conversely, what's your worst wedding story? Um, this, this, this is kind of my worst wedding story, but in a way it also turned out quite good. But 
my worst wedding story is I did a wedding two years ago where three days before the wedding, the vicar phoned up and said, you can't have any video. Even though she'd told the bride had said months before that they had booked a videographer. And they, she was just, he said, she said, why can we not have any video? And he said, I don't want to be in any pictures. And that was the only reason that he gave. And she was just shocked about it all and phoned me up and didn't know what to do. And I didn't really know what to do until the day when we were, I was walking up to the church and I decided to not say I was the videographer. And I'd mic'd up the groom outside and then I came in and went next to the father of the groom in the seats and just sat down, didn't do anything. And then I stood up and held the camera to my chest as soon as the vow started and then got the whole thing and it was absolutely perfect. Um, <laughs> And he didn't notice until I think right at the very end, he looked up and looked over at me and clicked at what I was doing and realized I was a videographer. But by then I'd already got the whole thing. <laughs> um, so it was kind of a bad thing because I think that it was bad because the perception that a lot of priests and vicars from churches have is that photographers, uh, particularly videographers, because... 20 years ago cameras used to be massive that they'd get in the way and they basically just don't want you there uh, sometimes they're really nice and they're absolutely fine with it but sometimes they can be a bit funny because of the perception that I think they have of people that do what we do and uh, sometimes it's a bit unnecessary because I go unnoticed for the whole pretty much the whole time and one of my major things is that I get to the end of a wedding and people barely even notice that I've been there filming. And he, it was just kind of proof that by the end of it, I filmed the whole thing anyway and he didn't even notice. Yeah, and if you want a, a nice story about uh, Vickers being very much like that, then uh, you need to listen to uh, Tom and Murray's episode, uh, Thousand Words Photography, because that was uh, one of the oh, cool. more, hilari- oh, well. more, than, more than hilarious stories yeah. we've had on the, on the podcast so far. <laughs> And cool, now, what sure is your number one wedding planning tip? Um, keep it simple and make sure that uh, couples stay happy and unstressed because I think the worst thing ever is when they get stressed about their own wedding, which is meant to be the most fun day of their lives and the most enjoyable day of their lives. And and yeah just keep it simple and relaxed and not rushing about or worrying about too much and some people can get a little bit stressed about things where uh, i think hopefully a lot of what i bring to a day when i do actually come is that i am quite chilled and will chat with people in the morning and and things like that and hopefully make people a little bit relaxed anyway but um yeah keep it simple and just make sure they're happy and always make sure you book a videographer (laughs) <laughs> because you you just couldn't not say it could yeah. you <laughs> okay which brings us on to our random question of the week so my uh my random question of the week is what is the most ridiculous thing you've been dared to do and then done uh... Ooh. can i just blatantly say that your thing jack is going to be really dull i don't have to answer it because I came up with it. Okay, probably we can just pretend that I asked it and then I'm going to force you to. <laughs> no, because we'll just in the podcast. What, ben, is this just ever? 
So, uh, yeah, sorry. Ever? Uh, just yeah, anything. Ever. Uh, um, I've skinny dips. Jumped, yeah, jumped out an airplane with three days notice of actually booking in and doing the jump. That's first thing that comes to mind. I mean, yes. that was in Las, yeah. that was in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's quite a fun. Bit I mean, cracking view, but yeah. But yeah, we we it was only three days notice where we just went. Should we jump out a plane? And my friend that I was went to university with was like, yeah. <laughs> and then we did then then we then we did it. That's about that's one of one of the first things that comes to my brain. Yes, skinny dips was something that happened a couple of times um, yeah. when I was traveling, and back in my youth. So when I was uh, used to skateboard and stuff like that, um, got dared to throw myself down a flight of stairs. <laughs> and you and, did it? And I did it. Right, okay. I think Somehow, that says a lot about you, really, doesn't it? <laughs> well, quite, quite possibly when you're young and trying to impress people. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I guess that would be it for me. That leads us to say thanks for joining us, Ben. That's Where okay. can people find out about you and your business and your wedding films and all that lovely stuff? Um, mainly on social media and on my website, which is benradleywedingfilms.co.uk. And then, yeah, Facebook is just Ben Radley Wedding Films and Instagram is at Ben Radley Wedding Films, surprisingly. And Jack? Yeah, they can book- go to www.theluxurymagician.com. You can find me on Facebook at Jack Brister, the Luxury Magician, or you can find me on Instagram at J Brister Magic. And Chris, if people want to find out more about you and all the wonderful things that you do, how can they do that? They can go to chrispiercymagic.co.uk. My Instagram is at chrispiercymagic, and you can find me on Facebook by searching for Chris Piercy Magician. I also have a book, Blissful Wedding Planning, Becoming a Stoic Bride, which tells you how to stay stress-free through the wedding planning process. That's available on Kindle, paperback, and now on Audible as well, if you fancy listening to me talk for six hours. Perfect. Sure. Brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Ben. That's and right. uh, we will be back next week. Cool. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. So this is usually the part where we talk about the episode that's just gone and we sort of tease you a little bit with next week's episode. So the only problem with that is that I've been on holiday, which has meant that we haven't been able to record this section. Uh, but next week we are doing our Facebook Live episode. We'll be going exclusively live in our Facebook group. That's yes, that's yes. I do your wedding planning podcast group. If you head over there, uh, click join, and we'll be happy to accept you in. There you will see us going live. You'll be able to ask us questions, have a chat with us, uh, and discuss what's going on with your wedding planning. So that's yes. Do I do your wedding planning podcast group? The episode will go live as usual on Thursday at two p.m. Um, but if you want to join us live on Facebook, we will be there on Monday evening. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for listening to Yes Do I Do. Please remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram using the tag at Yes Do I Do Podcast.